Hello, everyone. This is the On The Rise show, episode 44. I'm here with Alicia Lowry. I am Mr. Molly McGuire. Um, today, we are going to talk about um, a book, Tales of Titan, for, by Tim Ferriss. Uh, hi, Alicia. How are you? I'm doing great, Molly. How are you? Yeah, thank you. I'm doing great, too. I had an interesting day today, so uh, let's go. Um, yes. First of all, Alicia, have you uh, read this book, Tools of Titan? Titans? I have, by not, I have not read the book. Is this a more recent book of Tim Ferriss's? Uh, well, I have it here with me. It's from uh, 2016. Is that right? Oh, okay. It's not too recent. Mm, yeah, two, 2016, yes. So uh, have you read books by Tim Ferriss? Let's go there first. I haven't read any of his books. Okay, um, Tim Ferriss is most of all famous by his book, uh, The 4-Hour Workweek, right? I mean, I think you heard about it. Mm-hmm, right? For sure. Yeah, for sure. So, but the problem is, of course, um, The 4-Hour Workweek became a meme. Like, yeah, I work only four hours a week. And everybody mm-hmm. thinks that that is what the book is about. Like, just work four hours a week and you'll, you'll be set. But I don't think that was what he was talking about. He was talking about 10xing your performance. So do normal 40 uh, work week in four hours, and then you can work as much as you want. So it's not yeah. about only four hours a week. So that's why he was like a little bit misinterpreted. Uh, misinterpreted. Uh, I don't even know the word, but it doesn't matter. It's okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm European, right? I, I'm not a native English speaker. But anyway, so Tools yeah. of Titan is a totally different book, by the way. It's... um. It's a book about, um, I mean, it, it fits our On The Rise publication. It's about being the best you can be and uh, all kinds of tools to improve yourself. So it's about the tactics, routines, and habits of billionaires, icons, and world-class performers. So um, there are three chapters or three parts in it. The first part is health. second part is wealth. And the third part is wisdom. So um, basically, what it what is it? It's like uh, he he just interviewed like a lot of high achievers, we would call it, and mm-hmm. asked them what uh, they did right. So, for instance, um, why I love the book very much, by the way, I took out the book was um, I just was in the store and I was flipping through that book and my my eye fell on a quote: um, "Nobody is nobody owes you anything." And then just I to buy that book on the spot just for that <laughs> yeah. i don't know i mean do, does that quote resonate with you it's definitely resonates with me because i'm always hearing like no one cares about your problems like stop complaining you know doing all this stuff just do what you need to do because no one's going to change it for you but you so it definitely resonates with me but the, the funny thing about that quote is i mean nobody owes you anything i love I, I live my life by that quote by the way but it's really polarizes your 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 public right if you say that yeah. quote to someone <laughs> one half of the person will say i love that and the other half will be totally offended right by it right yeah because the initial reaction is it's kind of hurtful like nobody owes you anything nobody cares like <laughs> yeah that's so funny but i mean first of all i really believe that that is the mindset of the high achievers like um mm-hmm. if you're a high achiever you have to realize like you know what I have to do everything myself. There's nobody going to give me uh, everything I want. I have to build it myself. The moment you realize, in my opinion, you can uh, you can really do something about it. 
Exactly. Because if you're sitting there waiting your whole life for someone to give you something that you think they owe you, you're going to be waiting forever instead of taking the initiative and just taking what's yours. Yeah, because I mean, even think about it. Suppose somebody gives you $1 billion, right? Here, mm -hmm. Alicia, here, $1 billion, this is it. I mean, is that going to make you happy? It's, it's not going to bring me happiness. I would like if someone gave me a billion dollars, <laughs> but that's not everything. Like you have to figure out how to use that money too, or else you're going to yeah. lose it very quickly. Yeah, that's, and of course, your internal problems won't go away by having that million dollars. I mean, if, if you have, for instance, like an alcohol addiction, you're going to drink yourself death with, with, to death with uh, like one million dollars, right? Exactly. They said money just like magnifies the problems that you already have. Mm -hmm. You have more of it. You have bigger and deeper problems. Yeah. So um, first of all, I mean, like this book is, um, I don't know. Yeah, 700 pages. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but you can't read it front to cover. I mean, a lot of people take a book and read it front to cover. This is not a book like that. This is mm -hmm. a book to really browse through. So like, for instance, you just take the book and if something bothers you, you flip through the book until you find something that helps you. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So for instance, I'm going to do that now. I'm going to just like take a, a random, a random... Oh, it's not that random anymore. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, I took, I, I, I browsed the book and I have some, some of the persons he interviewed is Casey Neistat, right? He's like the YouTube personality. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to read his bio one because a lot of it I didn't even, even know. So Casey ran away from home at 15 and had his first child at 17. He went on welfare to get free milk and diapers and never asked his parents for money. Did some filming, YouTube, and yeah, of course. Now he is also founder of Beam, by the way, a startup. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's, he's like doing something. I mean, he's doing amazing things with his life, right? Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, it's crazy. And he, he's even doing that new thing with 368 right now where he's trying to give back to other creators, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. And then the fun thing is, I, I read here, there's like... Um, the YouTube inflection point. So Casey's subscribers count as success on YouTube hockey sticks. That means like exploded when he decided on his 34th birthday to vlog every day. Wow. So, and, and, he, and they refer to another person who did that too. So like making daily content is in my view and probably in your view too, the key to success, right? It's definitely one of them, I feel. <laughs> Quality content, right? And, and how do you get quality content? Yeah. How do you get quality content was your question? Yeah, how do you get to quality content? Well, I think just not trying to slap something together for the sake of it and actually wanting your listeners or readers to get value out of it. I think that's how you get quality content. And if you're good at it, it's going to be quality. Yeah. So uh, Tim Harris asked about Casey um, Neistat, like, what is your philosophy? And Casey says this, you realize that you will never be the best looking person in the room. You'll never be the smartest person in the room. You'll never be the most educated, the most well-versed. You can never compete on those levels, but what you can always compete on, the true egalitarian aspect to success is hard work. You can always work harder than the next guy. Yeah, that's really true. Because that's what Will Smith says, too. He says he may not be the best actor in the beginning. He's like, but the, nobody can outwork me. That's his whole thing. Yeah. 
uh, of course, every time you talk about that, you also have to balance it out with saying like, don't burn yourself out, right? <laughs> balance your life because like, uh, if you talk about hard work, there's always going to be a guy who says like, yeah, but I work 24, 23 hours a day or something like that. That's not healthy, right? Mm-mm, no, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't even want to do that. Like, I'm not going to say nobody can outwork me. Some, you know, people can definitely outwork me because I have other things going on in my life as well. So that's not the type of life I'm aiming to live. I just want to be at a place where I'm financially free and that would be enough for me. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, I mean, this is, in my view, this is even the best thing. So uh, Tim Ferriss asked him, who do you think of when you hear the word successful? And he says, Casey says, my grandmother. She passed away uh-huh. at 90. She's my hero. She's my muse. She's my everything. She started tap dancing when she was six, six years old. She was a fat little girl and her parents made her do something to lose the weight. Dancing and she loved it. She fell in love with something at age six and she didn't stop tap dancing until the day before she died at age 92. Oh, that's so sweet. I think I heard him tell a little bit of that story before. That's a really nice story. Yeah, it's amazing, right? I mean, that's basically what I'm looking for in life. Doing something (laughs) that you love so much that you would do it every day and that you never stop. Do you have that one thing? I think it could be writing, but I'm still not sure. It's a combination of writing, speaking, um, like, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't think it's writing on itself, but it's definitely yeah. creating. I think I have to create every day. Me too. I think that's the same for me too, because after this challenge is over, I'm not sure if I'm going to continue the writing every day. I'm still going to write, but it's probably not going to be every day. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, um, I mean, look, uh, Tools of Titan is, is great. I mean, it's definitely, I mean, you should definitely um, talk about it. And the thing that I'm, I have, I did also a random like browse to it, of pseudo random, let's say. And mm-hmm. now I came to the um, to a chapter and it's called "A Thousand True Fans." Have you ever heard about it? Oh yeah, I love that that whole concept of a thousand true fans. I actually heard someone say a hundred before too, but a thousand's even better. Mm-hmm. You can, can like you live on it for the people. I'll let you do it. <laughs> I think you'll do a better job. Yeah, so basically the, the, the idea is that like if you have a thousand true fans who really stick um, stick with you through mm-hmm. everything, like who would follow you on every, plat- every platform, who would like forgive you a lot of things, who would, you know, who really love you. If you have thousands like that, you're set for life. I mean, they're yeah. going to buy whatever you bring out. They're going to support you and you can live, um, I'm not going to say of them, but you're like, they will support you. Like right. you treat them right, they will support you, and then you're set. So that's like that's a, not a Tim Ferriss' idea. It's from Kevin Kelly. But that, uh-huh. that's like if you have thousand true fans as a creator, you'll set, you'll be set for life. So that's probably something we have to strive to towards uh, for us too. Yeah, I'm definitely. I think I probably have probably three true fans right now. <laughs> so I have a long way to go. But yeah, I would love that. Can you say those three of are you not going to uh, name I, names? I don't want to name the names. <laughs> I think I have like one true fan and I think everybody will know who it is. So I don't even have to name the name now, right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe two, maybe two. Yeah, I could probably pick, I probably know who they are. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, but that's, that's so, that's so powerful if you think about it, like, because like thousand seems like a big number, but like we're creating for six months now, something like that. And we already have, I'm not saying thousand, but we already have like a community of 
like 10, 20, not true fans, but fans who like you and who are like, yeah, you're doing great stuff. So it's easier than you think, right? To make a living out of creation. I think so. How many like true fans do you think someone like Casey Neistat has? Uh, definitely more than a thousand. I mean, I would probably say like, um, I mean, yeah, true fans, like, like say 5,000 or something. I got it on his videos, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. But the, the thing is too, like, um, I mean, in a way, I only I only believe you only have thousand true fans because, like, if you have two thousand true fans, in reality, you only have two thousand true fans because it, the thousands will be the diehard ones, right? A lot yeah. of them might be like, yeah, I'm a fan, I'm a fan, but like, people who do everything for you, I mean, could be that that only has that that only can be thousand that like you're never good even if you're Tony Robbins you're probably not going to get more than thousand I mean maybe he will have more but you know what I mean right I think true fans are like really forgiving like Casey like I see when he leaves and then comes back like some people are like really angry or if his content changes up oh like, it's crap now whatever but um the true fans are always like oh no I like it the new format and they're very supportive and forgiving of the artists yeah but I start thinking that like thousand is a number that is like that that is the number like it, the moment you have thousand true friends that like if you double in size that half half of them will be go because like there's no more room than thousand people who really really hardcore love you I don't know but so what's interesting about it is like he says if you have thousand fans they will for instance all of them will buy a hundred dollars a year from you. And that's, if you think about it, that makes sense, right? Like if, if you have yeah. thousands of books and you bring out two books from $50, they would buy them both. And then you have a hundred thousand dollars a year. And he says like, you can live of that. It's not going to be like the, the most amazing lifestyle, but you're going to support, you're going to be able to support yourself on a hundred K a year. That's, that's the math. Do you yeah. agree with that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, to say, and then if you're if you find a way to like go to uh, make your user spend or your fans spend twenty five dollars a month, for instance, and you and they really like you, that's twenty five k a year a month. So there's like, I mean, it starts from there, right? And then that's also something that he says and that they talk about in the book. Like those thousand true fans are like your your content and your marketing um, agency, right? Because they do your marketing for you. They send to their neighbors, oh, I love that guy, to their employees their uh, co-workers so they are your marketing base too so it's yeah. nice from that's awesome i was just calculating what you said before this so i was silent for a second yeah but i never really thought about that they're definitely sharing your content and getting it out there and getting other people to like your content as well so they're definitely like a marketing base it's awesome yeah so that that basically reminds me of something i read today like um how do you want how do you become a, a, a musician like in fact mm -hmm. it's i mean that guy is like uh uh, studio director something like he had he worked 30 years in the business and he says like you know you just start playing like in your basement and then mm -hmm. you go to a bar ask them what, like what can i play here what do you want me to play and they they give you a set of numbers that you can play and you start yeah. playing there every day every day like like what we do like producing content every day you start mm -hmm. playing there every day at first they will hate you because they're like oh, that guy's you know awful but if they see you every day, like after two months, they're like, yeah, you're good. And they become your biggest fan. The moment you're, they, they're your fans, you start bringing out merchandise like T-shirts, CDs. You start selling it. And then you can make a living out off of that. And then you go into the studio. That's the thing that most people do uh, totally wrong. 
Yeah. And that's funny that you said that too. That's happened to me before where at first I'm like, oh, I don't really like this person's content or whatever. And they start to grow on you after a while and you become a fan. So it's really interesting that process. Yeah. I mean, I think that happens with me too, right? If you first read me, you're like, who is that arrogant, cocky guy? Talking <laughs> 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 about his 100K so much. And if, if you read that a lot, you're like, okay, yeah, it makes sense anyway. Right? I mean, I think that's the same thing. Yeah, and that's the same thing with, like, actually Gary V, too. Like, I watched his content at first, and I thought he was a little brash. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, he's a little aggressive or whatever. But I kept watching him. Like, he has a good message. And I eventually was like, I mean, I don't know if I'm a true fan, but I'm definitely a fan. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. So um, let's do another. I mean, let's do the, the Tony, Tony Robbins chapter because I'm a big fan of him. And, like, mm -hmm. That's how I met Tony Robbins, by the way. I listened to an audio uh, uh, to the Tim Ferriss show, the podcast mm -hmm. with Tony Robbins. I didn't know who the guy was, but he like blew me away just talking uh, listen to, listening to him. That was that was amazing. So Tony wow. Robbins, I mean, that's that's where I knew him and I I liked him. So uh, awesome. so uh, of course, like the the, the typical quotes uh, that Tony Robbins always says. Maybe you can even guess it. Uh, can you give us a try? What is his I don't know. Yeah, it's, See, uh, you read a lot more than I do. <laughs> so you would know. You've said it probably ten times already on this podcast. So uh, um, <laughs> life is always happening for us, not to us. Ah, uh, yes, kind of. Uh, the um, favorite quote. Then, like stressed, is the achiever words for fear. What do you think about that? Say that one more time. Stress is what? Stressed. So being stressed is the achiever word for fear. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, because I often or I, I'm trying to work on my stress, but usually when you're stressed, you're like worried about something in the future or how it's going to come together. So it's definitely part of fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I get that too. Um, what, they're, what they're doing is like they, they, they don't want to use the word fear, fear anymore, but okay. they're like, um, they're like hiding it away under stress because that sounds better to your peers. Like high achiever or uh, overachievers can't be stressed. It's like, are you stressed? Okay, if you're not stressed, you're not working hard enough. That's what they're thinking, right? So that's it's another false belief. It's another limiting belief. Like you cannot have fear and you cannot be stressful. It's like, yeah, I get what he means. Um, yeah. I never thought about it too. And then another one, and maybe you can comment on that one too. He says, Losers react, leaders anticipate. Yeah, that's good. Because you have to be ahead of the game. You're not just waiting for things to happen to you. It's the same thing as the quote, life happens for you, not to you. So you got to get ahead of things and make sure you can kind of gauge what you think is coming and be prepared. Mm -hmm. Instead of just letting it happen. Yeah, that makes sense. It reminds me of Jesse's quote that says, like, if you don't control your life, somebody else will. It's the same thing, right? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and then there's a story he tells about it. And that's like, I love that story because I mean, I've probably heard it, heard it too, but like uh, Tim Ferriss asked him, what is the best investment you ever made? Tony uh, Robbins says like $35 for a three hour Jim Rohn seminar. Jim Rohn is a, also a, like a positive thinking coach or something attended mm -hmm. at age 17. So uh, it was like $35 and Tony Robbins was as agonizing because he was making $40 a week as a janitor. But mm -hmm. Jim gave Tony's life direction. 
So that's wow. like, yeah. And that's what you always say, like the best investment in, is investing in yourself, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, better than, than 10 xing or 1,000 xing in a year. If you invest in yourself, you can never default on that. Yeah. Have you ever went to any seminars for anybody? Um, I don't know. No, uh, not like I never paid for a seminar. Let's, let's put it that way. No. Yeah, I haven't either. I really, I was interested. I was thinking about last year. So maybe it's something for the future. We'll see. Yeah, the thing about that is like, um, I think if you go to a good one, it like tinnixes your 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 state, right? Because we are have we have to figure it out all our own, all out on our own. And I like that. I like doing that on on my own. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it goes faster if someone can say, you know, I do that, do that, do that. So for instance, mm-hmm. uh, I, I was watching um, a webinar by Dan Locke the other day, and that was about high ticket selling, mm-hmm. and he has kind of a, a course and it's like 10k i think and i was i don't know maybe i could do it i don't know maybe because like you think like I, i'll figure it out on my own but if it takes you more than two years to learn you'll you'll lose a lot more than 10k that's what i think about it i get what you're saying yeah it's true i mean i do think you could learn it on your own but you never know like you don't know what you don't know like that saying goes yeah, so that's you definitely expedite the process that's true so maybe, I mean, uh, another thing that's interesting here is like Tony's morning moti- routine, right? Because we've heard about jo- Jordan's uh, morning routine, getting comfy. Um, and, and Tony's routine is something I, I'm doing or trying to do now too. So what does he do is like when he's awake, um, the first thing he, he does is like cold, wi- cold water plunge, right? 30 seconds yeah. cold water. Um, second thing following with breathing exercises I mean breathing is very important I talked that before right that's like the key to our well-being so um, find a way to like get yourself in a calm state have a a healthy breathing and not anxious breathing and then um, he does priming uh, feeling grateful for things he does gratitudes he does like um affirmations probably and mm-hmm. he does uh he, he he talks about how he loves people and yeah i mean like basically what we are doing right uh, what do you think yeah. yeah that's awesome so do you do the cold shower thing i remember you writing like a long time ago like in the beginning of the challenge like something like yeah, that's that's the funny thing uh, I, I i wrote about it and i stopped doing it <laughs> in a way <laughs> strange right yeah that's but, uh, yeah, it's, 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 so um, what I what I was trying, what I was doing was like uh, first doing the hot water and then fish, finishing cold uh, water. And then uh, I started doing just cold water. And then I wrote about it and I stopped doing it. But I still finish uh, like five minutes with cold water. Oh, wow. I think and Tony, like he actually, doesn't he like jump into like a, some, into like a, I don't know, like a pond or something? Yeah, a cold water pool, yeah. Uh, oh, and cool. He, yeah, mm. his head is all uh, is totally uh, underwater. But the thing is, like what I'm doing now, and, and people think probably will think this is crazy. But I, you know what? They they know me by now, so they know I'm crazy. So what I'm doing is like I'm standing in the cold water, and I'm imagining that the cold water is like a magic, um, magic healing power from the universe. You know what I mean? Like I imagine me like the cold rays are like heal the universe healing me in some way. Yeah, I mean and I would have to. One thing, because that's it's really tough to do that. I don't like cold water at all. 
Yeah, I didn't like it in the beginning, but it really it makes me so strong mentally because, like, that's the in the piece I talk about, like the little voice. That's like the moment you start stepping that cold shower, you're like your little voice goes like, "Are you crazy? What are you doing? Get out of there!" And then you stop in it, and then like two seconds in, your that voice is gone. Yeah, it shocks your senses. Yeah, but you're so you're so invigorated if you get out there. It's insane. Like, yeah. I, I could put through a wall if I'm out there. It's so insane. <laughs> yeah. It's always like that. That second, and, and the fun thing is, if you do like every day a cold shower for for a week, even the, the seventh day, you're still like, oh my god, the second before you go in, you're like, oh my god, I want to die, right? It's like, that's yeah. so hard. That's so hard. <laughs> it like it makes you mentally so tough. So it's a, it's a pity that I don't do it anymore. So I should probably do it again. But I'm like, even the cold the cold thing at the end is still still hard if you're not used to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, the only time I did that was by accident because I was in Costa Rica and a lot of people just shower with cold water normally down there. And they have like little heaters in the shower heads and I was, wasn't working. So I did that for like a week and it was not, I didn't enjoy that. But yeah, it definitely wakes you up. <laughs> it makes you more alert and ready for your day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I want to, I want to end with one quote. I want this episode and end this episode with one more quote from the Tools of Titan. And it's by Seth Godin. I don't know who Seth Godin is, by the way. That's probably a shame, but... I think he's a writer, right? Or no? I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he has written 18 best-selling books, so he's a writer. And one of his quotes is, you are more powerful than you think you are. Act accordingly. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Is it a good one? I really like that quote because I think most people don't know what they're capable of and they're always operating under their true potential. Like, I... Still don't think I'm scratching like the surface of what I'm capable of. Yeah, I don't think anyone is. Even people who, are, like, yeah, even people who are like made it so far, like Elon Musk, like they're a lot closer than the rest of you know the world, but they're still not tapping into their full potential. So I think you always have to think bigger than what you're currently mm-hmm. doing. That's that's beautiful, beautifully put because like that's true what you say. Like Elon Musk could probably 10x what he does, right? Yeah, there's no that's crazy. Could do that. It's beautiful, um, and and like most people, instead of like um, overacting or overachieving, they're underachieving, right? Yeah. There's a lot of room to improve. Yeah. So, okay, uh, Alicia, do you want to ask, say something more, or end this uh, episode or something? No, that was interesting. So thanks for sharing about the book. Now I want to kind of read it. So thanks yeah, for going into that. Really, an amazing book. I can recommend it to anybody because, like, if you're a high achiever, and chances is you are, if you listen to this podcast, then you'll definitely find something uh, in it. Uh, it's amazing. Awesome. So, uh, on that note, uh, I would like to end the episode. Um, we'll be here tomorrow again. So, thank you very much for listening. See you then, guys. Bye. Bye.